Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. Today I'm going to continue what I was ministering on a couple weeks ago before Pastor Brian spoke on the anatomy of the heart. I was talking about for the sake of the gospel and I want to remind you just some of the things that we talked about. Now, if you do something for the sake of something, you do it for that purpose so that in order of it to be achieved. So what we are saying is when we say for the sake of the gospel, I will something, I will follow. That's what I talked about the first one. I will surrender. So I'm trying to achieve an outcome for the sake of the gospel. Every single one of us, there is an outcome that we are trying to achieve when it comes to the gospel being preached and ministered out of our life to the people that have no clue who Jesus is. There has to be an outcome and a goal of what we are trying to achieve. Can everyone agree with that? Amen. So in order for that to happen, we first must know what the gospel is. And that's what we're going to get in a little bit too. So let me pray of you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for every single person today that they are built up within their spirit, that they're expecting to receive from the word of God. I thank you, Jesus, right now for every person that they have ears to hear and have expectation. In the name of Jesus, amen. Go ahead and be seated. So what is the gospel? Quick overview. The gospel is the good news. Extra, extra, read all about it. The good news, Jesus has died and given his life for you. So the good news is this, you were dead in trespass and sin, religion could not save you, goals couldn't transform you, there needed to be a sacrifice given for your sin, and God provided a way, and that was giving his son Jesus, come on church, say amen, he lived on this earth as a man, he demonstrated and showed his power and love to all. Now, you got to remember the demonstration that Jesus showed was connected to people's faith in him. Everywhere Jesus, there was a miracle, there was a sign that power came out of him. It was faith attached from that person to God or to Jesus, and that activated his power. It's so important for us to understand that because it's faith that God sees. It's faith that God allows his word to work in your life. If you never would have believed and confessed in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you would never be saved. Right? You made a choice within your heart to give your life by faith, believing in the transformational work of what Jesus has done, and because of that, you are saved. He preached the kingdom of God. He died for us. He died in our place. He was beaten. He was bruised. He had whips to his back. He was nailed to a cross. He had a crown of thorns on his head. He was pierced in his side. He died. He was resurrected from the dead. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. Death couldn't even hold him down. And he gave life to us all through his resurrection. See, this gospel is what we live and preach. When Jesus is the Lord of your life, you no longer can lord your life. Deny yourself when you come to me, child. Pick up your cross and follow me. These are things that we read, but I think we read them and not believe that they're actually true. 
See, the Bible is not a bunch of stories and parables and fairy tales and things that we just use as principles to live a good life. No, it is literally what has happened in the history of our life. And because of what has been written, we now see it as a mirror of our own life today. When you look in the word of God, you are seeing yourself and what you could be because of the nature that has changed in you. See, you are a different breed. You are a new culture or a new creation in Christ. You are not the same old you. And so we have to continue to allow this transformation to happen every day through what? Renewing our mind in the word of God. When Jesus is Lord, you won't lord yourself. When you put him in that position and in that place and say you are the king of kings, meaning that this is not a democracy where you get a part to vote. No, it's a theocracy where you say I come under the lordship and the authority of Christ Jesus. I will do anything to follow you. I will do anything to serve you. I will do anything to magnify and glorify who you are within my life. How do we do this? Well, we talked in a few ways in the past couple of weeks, but today we're going to focus on we do this by serving. For the sake of the gospel, we serve. Now, I'm not leading serving to only on a Sunday morning service where you see people on a stage playing music. You see people working in kids' ministry, helping in youth ministry, helping in ushering, helping greeting. It's not to a Sunday service alone. That's the very the bare minimum of what we do as Christians. But that's probably the most effort that people do as Christians. I don't think you heard that. Sunday morning service is our reasonable service. Church was never created to serve you. It was for you to come and serve him. But we have had it backwards for quite a few years where it's come to be entertained and to be taught and to be, you know, given a nice healthy meal, but then go back throughout the week and starve. But see, the purpose of the church is to equip you so that you can be spiritually strong and fed and not look like you're starving, but look like you're full and healthy and fat, if I can say it that way, and have knowledge and understanding and power so that when you go out there, that's what they see in here. They see that, man, being a Christian means something. I can see the light within them. I can see that they truly believe what they speak that they truly live what they say they live, that there's actually demonstration of the word that's in them. Word's good. We got a lot of Christians that got a lot of word and knowledge in them. They've been going to church for many years, but demonstration is needed. You can have a whole bunch of word and never demonstrate it. What are we doing? We're getting spiritually fat, and that's what church is about. We come here just to receive. We lead the service. Like, man, that was a good service. I, d- I didn't like the music too much. It was a little too loud. You know, or I didn't like the children's ministry. You know, they didn't really treat my kid the right way. You know, or that pastor said something that really messed with me because he's talking directly about my sin, and that really ticked me off and offended me. And so church becomes this place where you want it to be about you. You're trying to find people like you, people that vote like you, people that do things like you. Ultimately, you're trying to find a God that is you. Didn't say it was going to be nice. But the nice will come in a second. How do we live this out? By serving. 
Serving God is the first thing we do. In 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24. Because my goal for you today is to get you to a place, 1 Samuel 12, 24. My goal for you today is to get you to a place where you start seeing that church is not about you. It's about how you can serve him and how you can serve others. Because if we can get to that place, we will see this thing grow. Because in 2019, Pastor Brian ministered a word for that whole year that was given to him by the Spirit of God. And it was put health in the body. Put health in the church. What does that mean? That means before we're healthy in here, we can't go out there. You say, what does that mean? Well, think of it this way. There's a lot of things we could do as a church. We could have a soup kitchen. We could have an op shop. We could be more involved in missions. We could be more involved in schools. There's a lot of things a church can do. But I, can I tell you something right now? None of that will have effect like it should if we're not healthy in here. Because when you're sick in your body, what do you do? Do you go outside and go run a marathon? No. You rest. You take medicine, antibiotics. You relax. You fight, you know, the, whatever's going on in your body, and you recover and get better, then you go outside. It's the same way spiritually. If we're not healthy, all those things aren't saying aren't good, and we'll do those things one day. But until we're spiritually healthy and there's more people to do those things, we're content with where we are. And we do what we can do. It's so important. So in 1 Samuel 12, 24, it says, Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Serve him faithfully with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. That's 1 Samuel 12, 24, found in the Old Testament. Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Not a partial, not a little bit, not when you feel like it's, you need to. If you were to look at your life and you were to have an outer perspective of you, yourself, and to look at everything you've done from beginning of Jesus in your life until now. What would you say is the focus in your pursuit of Christ? What would you personally say? What would be the brutal, honest answer? Think about it. Maybe for some of you that's discouraging. Maybe for some of you that kind of makes you feel guilty. And that's not the goal. The thing is, we have purpose Getting on a stage and preaching from a pulpit doesn't mean that I got purpose. This isn't where my purpose comes from. Playing guitar, that's not where my purpose comes from. My purpose comes from my relationship with God. That's where it comes from. This is just the gift working that I have. Like every single one of you, let me just help you, you have a gift. And that gift is needed within this body. Because it's going to serve the purpose of God but also serve the purpose for people in this region. But if you never give your gift and give the time, the body's is, is a struggle. If I was to go run today with one leg, it would be very difficult. I would be hopping probably more so than running. And this isn't for a joke, but this is for just an example. If we have a part of the body, and I'm talking about the body of Christ, that is not effective, that is not working, it's difficult to do what we need to do. And so you can see how when it comes to the local church, yeah, we want to do a lot of things, but we got people within the body that are literally 
just still trying to overcome certain things within their life. Do you know you can still overcome things within your life but still walk it out? And that's the truth of the matter that every single one of us is doing. Just because you see somebody on stage or you see someone you think they got it all together doesn't necessarily mean that. That just means that they're battling too and they're fighting as well. But they're choosing to wake up every day and say, you know what? I'm putting my armor on today. I'm standing today. I'm moving forward today. No matter what the weapon comes, look, no weapon formed against you can prosper, meaning there's going to be weapons that form against you, but it won't prosper. You know, some of the greatest Christians that are made are on the battlefield. We want to wait to be battle ready. You're already battle ready when you got saved. It's in you. Go out and do the work. Everything else will work itself out. The next thing we do is we serve others. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 through 14. Galatians 5, 13 through 14. It says, For you were called to freedom, freedom, brothers and sisters, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Man, this scripture isn't for this time right now. Let me read a different version to you. In Luke chapter, or sorry, in Galatians chapter 5. In verse 13. I'm buying a paper Bible this week. I'm getting away from my phone. I, I do have a paper Bible, but it's a King James paralleled with an amplified. It's just really, it's just really, really big, huh? I'm going to be, I think it's called a spirit-filled Bible that has Jack Hayford on it. I don't know. But anyways, um, compare. All right. Let me read this version. It says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Don't use your freedom. Your freedom where? In Christ. So you have freedom in Christ to satisfy your sinful nature. What does this mean? That means you got opinions, you got preferences, you got perspective, you got ways that things that you think that things should go. Don't use that as a position to hurt people and use against people. Because the next part it says instead use your freedom to serve one another in love. What are you seeing today? You're trying to see a divide. You're seeing, an allow, and people are allowing, look, more people put their trust in a Facebook feed than they do in their word. More people are being polarized by what they see from the news, and you can see it within their heart and within their action. But it says, instead, serve one another with love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If we don't love each other in here, how are we going to love people out there? If I don't love you, what is love? Does love mean I tolerate you? No. That's, that, if tolerance is just the only form of love you have, that's a very small amount of love. Love is what it is. I love you. I care for you. I respect you. I honor you. We may have differences. We may have differences of opinions. We may have our own preferences and things that we like. 
that's fine. But that doesn't mean I don't love you. And that doesn't mean that we have to agree on everything. But we can all agree on one thing, that he's king, he's Lord, and the world out there needs him. So don't allow what you think needs to happen, what you think needs to be, to stop you from being able to serve one another. Does that happen? Yeah. Why do people leave churches? Because they get issues with what's happening in the church. Now, I'm not saying that there might be some churches that just are spiritually dead, and you probably need to run and get out of there. But I'm talking about a church that is a spirit-filled church that has life in it. That's something different. And when you know God's called you there, don't just leave because you got offended and upset because it didn't go your way or someone wronged you or rubbed you the wrong way. Preaching to the choir. I know, I know. We were created to serve, not be served. This is not a fast food restaurant. This isn't Burger King, have it your way. Or can I say Hungry Jacks? That's the same thing. You do not come here and order what you want. I don't want no cheese. I want double tomatoes, extra pickles, if you like that on your cheeseburger or hamburger since there's no cheese on it. This isn't what this is. This isn't pick and choose. I want that pastor. I don't like that one, so I won't come when he ministers. Um, I don't want to be involved in kids' ministry, even though I'm feeling the leading in my heart to do it. I just, I'm not going to do it. Um, I think they need to do this, and if they don't do it, that means I probably don't need to be there. It could be anything. We have our own thoughts and ways of things we should go. Let's see, of course we do. But we got to get to a place where we are led and guided by the truth of God's word. And despite those things, we still serve. We humble ourselves. If all you do is come to church wanting to be served, you're going to be very disappointed. And maybe you've experienced this. I think some people would say that they experienced that in their life, where they come expecting that it's going to be about them. And then they hear the preaching of the word of God, and they're like, oh, I'm going to find a church that doesn't call me out from my chair. Because you weren't made just to sit on a chair. You were made and created by God to be sent out and deployed in what we call this world. And some of the greatest experience that you will learn is being sent out and on the battlefield. You might get injured. Don't worry. You got people here to help you. You might get hurt through learning and experience, but you got accountability. You have a pastor you have the offices of the church in your life. You have leadership. And you also have one another. The church is not an all-you-can-eat buffet where you eat, get full, and leave, come back next time with no regard for anyone but yourself. How oftentimes do we leave a church and say, man, that was a good word, and then the, the following week or the week of, we live like hell and we allow the things of this world to dominate us. Why is that? It's because we haven't allowed an encounter to happen every single day with God. It's because we haven't allowed every single day to be in his presence. If you want to encounter God, it starts at your house or it starts within you first. When we come to the house, we come together in unity so that we can encounter him here as well. 
This is where healings, miracles, signs, and what you'll see it happen. I've been in church long enough to see some phenomenal supernatural things happen in the house of God. And it's because of the expectation and the desire within people. That's why it was there. That's why it was present. It wasn't just there because God just showed up. No, he showed up because of the people. I believe that's why me and Lainey have been called here. Why even Pastor Brian's been called here. Because there is a cry of people in this area that he would send someone from across the world to a place that had no clue what we were coming into. To be here with you and partner with you and see this thing grow. A little bit of a double anointing for you today. Me on the mic and me on the keyboard. Everyone's like, where is that at? I recorded myself this week, and there's a trigger that started it. Pretty cool, huh? Because Pastor Brian asked, if someone could play keyboard, and I thought about, man, he's going to be gone. Who's going to play behind me? I'll play behind me. <laughs> we do what we have to do to make it work. We innovate, amen. I'm going to skip ahead. I'm going to go through this real quick. Lainey, get ready to come up here. Um... Three mindsets to stop you from serving. Man, I got so much better. First one is not asking if help is needed because you have the assumption that it's already taken care of. It's probably not. We need you. When David went to the battlefield and he saw no one was taking care of Goliath, he didn't just assume that, oh, it's all right. No, he's like, what's going on? What are you guys doing? How can I help? And they're like, well, you can't do anything. Look at you. This leads me to number two. Don't think you're too young or you're too old or you don't have the ability or you're unskilled or you're not anointed enough. You're not gifted enough. You are. If you have Jesus in you, you are, and we need you. And maybe that leads me to the next thing, the third one. Maybe it's not what you want to do at the moment, but that's what we need you for. My dad started in kids' ministry when he got saved. Then he went to youth ministry. Then he went to Bible school. Then he went to prison ministry, did that for a long time. Then he went from prison ministry to being an evangelist for two years. That was hard. Didn't go like he thought it was going to be. Then he became a Bible school director. Then he became a pastor over a course of 25 years. Long process. That's not saying that every single one of you are called to be a preacher or to call to be a pastor of a church. Some of you probably don't have a desire for that. So maybe some of you do. You have a desire to be a teacher, be a, have that office, and that's what God's called you to. If that's the case, you're in the right area. You're in the right place because our pastor has an apostolic anointing and gift over his life to build churches and to raise men and women to be sent out all around this world. So if you do have that desire within your heart to be a pastor or a teacher or a prophet or whatever that case may be, very soon we're starting a Bible school, and I would encourage you to be involved in it. But even if you just want to come to church and be involved and just help, it literally means all the same. We have areas where we need help, and as we grow, which we will, there will be more areas to be involved in. Lainey, go ahead and come up here. Hey, uh, Jesse, just put, um, hit that musical one and hit pause. You know what I mean? Hit pause on it. Lainey's, we grab my guitar, and you can unmute three. In 1 Peter chapter 2, 9, this illustration came up to me 
uh, when I was praying a couple of days ago, um, and just plug it in, and then uh, yeah. In First Peter two nine, a very familiar scripture, I think everyone would know. I'm going to read out of the Message translation though, okay. Ephesians, or 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And I'm closing with this. It says, but you are the ones chosen by God. Chosen for the high calling of priestly work. Chosen to be a holy people. God's instruments. Listen to that. God's instruments. To do his work. God's instruments to do his what? And speak out for him. Okay. I have asked my wife to show you her guitar skills because she's a phenomenal guitar player. So is she unmuted? All right, go ahead. Just play. I don't think her. See, she don't even know the volume. There you go. There it is. Yeah, play, play me some solo. Try it. Yeah, just try All right. All right, there. Uh, don't don't lie to her. That's not true. So hold on. This isn't about Laney and the guitar. This is about my illustration. Read the scripture. It says, "God's instruments." So we can all agree that this instrument in Laney's hand probably isn't what you've heard before that sounded really good, right? Correct. You've probably heard the guitar played a lot better. When you put yourself in the hands of the system of this world and people's opinions of you and people's ideas of you and whatever it will be contrary to God, maybe even what you think, you will not have the same effect that God would have in your life. But when you put yourself in God's hands as his instruments, because that's what you are, you will have a greater effect because it says in the next part, you will do his work and speak out for him and tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. There has been a night and day difference, a transformational work of God's word within your life. And after it says that you will be from nothing to something. You used to be nothing. You were you know, dead, old, but now you are new in Christ. You are something, and you will come from rejected. You know, no one accepted you, but now you are accepted by the Father. So when you put this instrument in the right hands, and I was going to play it and show off, but I'm not going to. But when you put it in the right hands of someone that knows what they're doing, you will get a a sweet sound. You will get harmony. It will sound right. And you can turn the keyboard, the, the keys back on. When you do that, it will do what it's supposed to do and have the right outcome. When you put yourself in God's hands, you will have the right outcome. But when you take yourself out of his hands, it's going to be difficult to do the work of God. And I feel like a lot of Christians do this. They put themselves in God sometimes and they take themselves out of God. They try to do it their own way. And they get their own result. I want to encourage you today to serve God and to serve others. By putting yourself in that position of, 
I'm his instrument. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you are his instrument. And to do what? To do his work and to speak out for him. Lastly, how did Jesus serve the people? He did two things. He preached and he demonstrated. He proclaimed, he spoke what they could have and about the kingdom of God. He talked a lot about many different things, but he also demonstrated what he preached. Christian, if this isn't true for how we are supposed to live within our life, we are supposed to preach and demonstrate. But a lot of times, we all we do is get preaching in us, but we never demonstrate it. What if today you were to go out to a restaurant and you felt the power of God saying, go pray for that person? Would you have the faith and the confidence and boldness to do so? And you're saying, well, why would God do that? Why would he not? Because there's something spiritual that you can't do natural. I don't know about you, but I remember when a year ago I was in a gym training and the Holy Spirit came in me and said, tell that man about Jesus. And this was a big guy working out in a gym full of people. I did not want to do that. I went to go train. I'm like, and I told God, I'm like, no. I'm just being straight up. Now, he knew I was going to do it, though. But I'm having a little bit of an argument with him. I'm like, I don't want to. I mean, look at the guy. Look at how big he is. He's tatted up. Like, he's probably going to hurt me. And he said, tell him I love him. Talk to him. And that I'm thinking about his mom. I'm praying for his mom. Or that uh, I, I'm thinking of his mom. I said, okay. I leave and go down. Because there's two stories. I go down to the treadmills. And I'm on the treadmill. I'm like, oh, maybe that wasn't God. And then I'm thinking in my mind, like, well, who else would have told me? It wouldn't be myself. And it definitely wouldn't be Satan, you know. Who wants me to do something like this? It's God. And I just, I'm on my treadmill. And I'm like, I'll do it. So I'll go up the stairs slowly, I might say. And I see the guy in the corner. There's people around him. And I just, thank you, Holy Spirit. I go to him. I was like, hey, man, I've seen you in the gym a few times. My name's Jake. And I go to Pursuit Church. I'm a Christian, and I'm also a pastor. And as I was working out, I felt the Spirit of God, which we just believe God speaks to us as Christians. And I said, I believe he wanted me to tell you that he loves you and that your mom's going to be okay. The guy starts getting teary-eyed. This big old bodybuilder that I thought was going to hurt me. And he looks at me, he's like, Thank you so much for that. He's like, my mom and me have actually had a lot of struggles recently, and it's been tough for me. And he begins to tell me some things. Now, I go a step beyond what God told me. I said, because this is who I am, I said, can I lead you to Jesus? <laughs> he looked at me and said, no, I'm okay. He said, but my mom's a Christian, and I know she prays for me to be a Christian. I just haven't made that choice yet. I believe in God. I just, I don't know what happened? I was obedient to the voice of God. Why is that? It was because I allowed God to work through me to serve people. God never would have been able to get to that man if he didn't use me. Just like you, there's people that God wants to get to through you. But how can you do that if you are spiritually unhealthy? If you yourself are having so many issues and being distracted by small things? 
we got to get to a place where we're spiritually strong in Jesus. What is this life about? It's not about money. It's not about cars, houses, legacy. And the reality is not even all about family. You see Jesus even tell disciples, you got to leave everything. But then he said this to them, whoever gives up houses, mothers, brothers, fathers, children, for my name's sake, will receive a hundred times more in this life and in the life to come. And I know that's difficult for us because the system and the way of life here, I mean here, I'm talking about the world, is so driven and put in us at a young age where we got to break away from it. Everything about you doesn't come from your career or what you look like in the mirror. It comes from what you look in the spiritual mirror, which is God's word. And when you look in his mirror and see you, he begins to show you who you are. Your nature's changed. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.